This is Damien Petty from IATSE Local 212. On behalf of our staff and membership, I would like to wish everyone out there in podcast land an awesome time over the holidays and a prosperous new year. Best wishes to the team at Full Swing Productions and all in Alberta's screen-based production community. Enjoy the podcast. I'm Scott Westby. I'm Matt Waterworth. We are Full Swing Productions, and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews with the film, video, and digital media industries of Alberta. Matt, happy last podcast of 2017. Uh, yeah. Is it? Is it? Will it be? I think so. Maybe. Yeah, I think it... Before Christmas. Before Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, anyway. Yes. Um, so it's Christmas Eve today. Yes, while they're hearing this, yes. Oh, yeah. But I, I I wanted to give away that I I have done my um fantasy movie league lineup. Oh. Um and I put a lot of a lot of effort into this one. Did you did you go for Star Wars? I did. Actually. You did, yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, did I, yeah. yeah. And then what were your would you fill it with? Because yeah, yeah. I I thought maybe going, you know, with Jumanji three times would be better. Right, totally. But um I don't know. What's the deadline? Uh, it's it's in 20 minutes from recording this. So. so so I identified that Ferdinand was a really great buy. Wow, Ferdinand. Did you go Ferdinand? No, no, no. I only have it once. Right. But it's a really like still a high performer for a low dollar value. Yeah, it's a good yeah. call, actually, because it is a kid's movie and, yep, and yep. Christmas Day, like families go and see movies and stuff. Well, and so. it's always weird when when one movie takes up most of your you're, and then you're fighting with the you know what are the cheaper movies yeah and what's the best way to plus do you take a two million dollar penalty for having an empty screen exactly of course yeah. so you yeah. want to fill them up as much as you can yeah. yeah so i have ferdinand and then i have three shape of water three darkest hour because both of those opened wide this week okay yeah oh you really did put thought into it see i don't actually <laughs> know what i did i was like star wars and then i kind of filled right, right. Out with whatever <laughs> right. i had money for that's uh not how you should play if you're it's, trying to win it's so weird at, at awards time though because those movies have Shape of Water, Darkest Hour, both like buzzworthy, but you don't know how they're going to do totally. when they actually go wide. So, well, what's interesting to me about about Oscar movies too is that they seem to have such a long lifespan in the mm-hmm. theater, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like maybe Star Wars is an exception, but a lot of you know the big blockbusters hit a big weekend and maybe a second, but yep. then they fizzle out like quickly, right? But then an Oscar movie, like when we started playing, La La Land was kind of the big bet, and it That's was like right. the oh, best yeah, yeah. bet for like like eight weeks That's or right. something. Yeah, it was yeah, crazy. it came back a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I never know how to get that damn like best movie, best value per screen average or whatever it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping for, you know, like both yeah, Darkest Hour, Shape of Water. I want to see Shape of Water really badly, and I want to see Darkest Hour. Uh, Gary Oldman as um, oh right uh, as Churchill. Yeah, 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 unrecognizable as he usually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty cool. So anyway, yeah, I'm I I I don't think I've put as as much work into uh, the fantasy movie league as I have last night. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, yeah on Christmas Day, we'll mm-hmm, see uh, mm-hmm. how much of a winner you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's some big news in the In Plain View corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You may have already seen the video. It seems like... Yeah, if you follow us, if you follow In Plain View online. Folks are watching, which is nice. Um, yeah, we we did the technical screening. I, I don't know if there's a, an official name for it, but we, we brought invited all the post-production people um, to take a look in the globe theater which was a, a really different and awesome experience um it's incredible how much 
of a different experience it is to watch uh, on in a movie theater. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree because we've been watching it for over a year. Yeah, on our laptops. Yeah, maybe on a TV. Like I've watched it on my TV a couple times. Yeah, for color, I try to watch it on the iMac. Right. Yeah. Uh, in the dark. Right. Uh, That's smart. But uh, it's not. It doesn't compare. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. To me, the biggest surprise was sound, actually. Mm. No, that's not true. I guess sound sound won, but also was just um, subtleties in performance Yes, came agreed. across on the big screen yes. in ways that I had, was not expecting. Totally agreed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like a whole new movie, yeah. which was really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah, very much so, yeah. I, I don't know how many times Kevin's actually watched it, um, but I... <laughs> probably more than both of us That combined, was probably yeah. my 13th viewing, and, uh, you know, of, of different incarnations yeah, of, of it, but, but I still saw new things in it, which is exciting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I found that I was, I mean, you're, we're so close to it, but I was following the story sometimes instead of just like <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah. like, For you sure. know, it's like, it's it's so weird to watch something so many times and be so close to it and know how every shot came together. And, yeah. Um, but I was, I found that I was kind of getting pulled into it, which yeah. is uh, probably really tough for a movie to do if you've For sure. made For it. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I was pretty, I was, I was so proud. So proud. Yeah. So yeah, it's done, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, now we uh, we go through the distribution process. So if you're listening, uh, we don't have any dates yet set on when it's going to be coming out uh, in Canada, but we're going to be timing our premiere with some sort of release, um, just because you know obviously it's a buzz builder. So hoping in early 2018 we'll be able to uh, throw a big party and kind of see it all together. Yeah, and uh, go from there. Should be good. Uh, okay, so um, the uh, the film collectives uh, around Alberta are closed now. Um, They're all already closed. Yeah, yes, so Media, Actra, Alberta. That's right. Actra is closing today. So Media, Fava, CSF, and Actra are all closed, and they'll be opening on January first, second, or in Fava's case, on the third. Right. Um, so if you've been able to rent some gear from them, uh, I hope you enjoy it over the holidays because you probably got a sweet discount on it. Mm-hmm. You know, some, uh, well, at least one uh, podcast alum nominated for the Edmonton Short Film, or sorry, Edmonton Film Prize shortlist. Not a short film, but uh, just Film Prize shortlist, which can include short films. Right, of course. uh, But uh, is not limited to uh, such things, um, including Chasing Chasing Evil, the Robbie Knievel story, uh, produced by Adam Scorgi, who uh, has been on the podcast a few times. Yeah, totally. Um, So congrats to, uh, to everyone nominated, of course. Um, that's an exciting thing that I am always jealous that Edmonton has that I, Calgary doesn't. Yeah, you know, I wasn't jealous uh, until you started getting jealous. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's. I mean, I only know about half the people on this list, um, but congrats to all these people because it just, you know, this is what it's so great about an award is that you can actually like celebrate the content that's being made in your in your city. Yes. Um, we need something. Mm-hmm, need, mm-hmm. If you're listening and you have a desire to start up a film prize and... Uh, Get in touch with us because yeah. I think you'll find uh, you'll find some people <laughs> yeah, who are willing to back you. Yeah. yeah, no, no, not not to get. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's some news: the uh, the Edmonton Screen Industries office has been looking for um, a CEO for a while, um, and they have just announced that they have brought on uh, Josh Miller as the inaugural CEO. Uh, he brings years of experience as an award winning writer producer. He's also worked in various capacities with Super Channel, Mind's Eye Entertainment, and his own independent film and television company. Uh, panacea entertainment so he will be there i believe for a year um getting the screen industry's office up and running Mm -hmm. um or at least uh starting at one year um so we wish him all the best and uh, everyone working with him as well in uh, getting that office up and running yeah hopefully that results in some uh some economic stimulus and a lot of uh, a lot more filmmakers uh, working there yeah absolutely uh, the call for submissions uh for the rosie awards has opened so if you haven't uh 
if you haven't uh, heard of this, um, it's it's kind of like the uh, the the uh, I want to say <laughs> say Grammys. It's like the Golden Globes of uh, Alberta film because it's for TV uh, f- feature films, but also you know new media works and uh, corporate video as well. That's interesting. Yeah, I used to call it the Alberta Oscars, but that's but it's different. Yeah, it covers it's, more. Yeah. Well, and, and it's juried instead of as voted by your peers and stuff. Right. Right. So yeah, it is more like the Golden Globes. Interesting. Uh, it's happening Saturday, May twelfth, twenty eighteen. That's the event. Um, but you want to get your submissions in by January seventeenth, twenty eighteen, in order to be considered. So uh, that's coming up real fast. And you can go to ampia.org to find the call for entries and the entry form. Totally. Uh, okay. Well, let's get into our guest today. Yeah, our lawyer. Yeah, our lawyer. Yeah, basically, <laughs> we met. Do you remember meeting Greg? Uh, the first time I met Greg. Or seeing him for the first yes, time. Yes, I did. Yeah. I, I tell this story on the podcast. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll hear it on the podcast. Right, then. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is a cycling enthusiast. As, as Big we time. Know. But uh, on top of that, he's an, an incredible lawyer and uh, definitely knows what he's talking about. Um, and, and just a, like a nice guy. And yeah, he just wants yeah. to help. And uh, and reasonable prices. <laughs> like not as crazy as you think no. you know, lawyer fees are going to be. And has definitely saved our butt a couple times. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. And we'll continue to, especially uh, as certainly. we... As we keep moving forward, so um, it seems like a lot of filmmakers know about him. Like I, like I put the call out on on Facebook and, and Twitter that you know we're looking for questions, and um, a couple of people chimed in and said, "That's my lawyer." So so it's good that um, the community knows of him. But if you don't, um, he you know he can help you with everything from development to uh, to distribution. So um, if you have a legal challenge, uh, you'll find that he's quite knowledgeable by listening to this podcast. But we're already recording. Okay. So you're aware. Mm-hmm. There's my first question. Can you record people without their permission? That's I've always wondered that in Alberta. <laughs> uh generally no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, there are some exceptions, and I don't know all those exceptions. Fair enough. Fair but enough. but uh, generally, people have a right of uh, privacy. Yeah. Of expectation of privacy, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So it depends on the situation. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we are here in Edmonton, uh, and we what's this area called? downtown obviously downtown but yeah I mean, it's kind of a called. it's kind of like inglewood and calgary a little bit it's it's funky it's i call it yeah i just say downtown uh we just refer to it as 104 street mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. street that's uh trying really hard but it's um <laughs> it, it has some problems but it, it's yeah. it's uh it's it's definitely come a long way in the last yeah uh, it's cool it's decades. cool and you're you're in a law firm here uh in in a building somewhere we won't go too specific into that but um our connection is that you have been hugely helpful for us on our first feature film. And and the whole legal side of things is uh, kind of, um, I think it's an unknown piece of the puzzle to a lot of filmmakers. So I thought, you know, and Scott and I both thought that you would be great to, to kind of help um, shed some light on this part of the filmmaking process. So uh, you and I did a panel one time among uh, with other people at the Calgary Expo. And you told us your background as a filmmaker as well. So why don't we start there? Well, I wouldn't call myself a filmmaker. I had worked in film. Right. So my, On the podcast, we consider, a, you know, a grips act. Everybody's filmmaker. Right. <laughs> well, location's PA. I'm not sure if I caught it. I, it counts. Myself as a filmmaker. But that, that, that was my first, uh, one of my first forays into into film was uh, way, way back. I think it started in maybe 2002 or something like that. Okay. Uh, um, I, I, I worked in some production offices as uh, first day. I believe, and I'd have to really look back at my, at my CV for my actual history, the proper sequence of it at least, 
Um, I had a CFTPA internship. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. CFTPA now the CMPA. CMPA, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm old enough too. To, to I, I had a CFTPA <laughs> internship, and then they changed it a couple of years That's, later. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, <laughs> excellent. And uh, so, so I worked in the production office uh, for, for that then, and then I moved uh, on set, um, working working locations um, for for uh, I think a couple years uh, cool. for a number of projects uh, here, and then and then in Calgary. Uh, so yeah, worked in se- on set and several production offices on and off, and then and then ended up in in Montreal in a in a is a music distribution company. So so it's, uh, oh, n- not, not not so much uh, uh, film there, but but still inter- in the entertainment world. Yeah, cool. So that was a good five years of my life, right? Actually, wow. yeah, and uh, um. And yeah, there there were other roles uh, in in between there, but but that, that's that's essentially the long and short. So there's nothing nothing very glamorous, you know, just working in the industry. But you know the industry, and not just yep. the film industry, but entertainment industry in general, kind of. Um, what? Uh, where did the law come in? How, how did that come to be? Oh, it was just really something that I just wanted to try. I wanted to do differently, uh, something different. Uh, after five years uh, in the industry, and and is really just a uh, just self-evaluation something is just very personal just wanted to just try something different and and said hey let's let's write the LSAT let's go into law right and I found something I liked in law and and lo and behold I I've come full circle and now I'm back in the industry yeah, in, there you in go. a different role and yeah. I, I couldn't be happier with that and did you identify that I mean and maybe I'm wrong because I you know I, I haven't been in this industry forever but did you identify that you know maybe this is a missing part of the Alberta film industry especially because there aren't that many entertainment lawyers, and there are a lot of lawyers, I think, that practice and can kind of fit the bill, but aren't really focused on entertainment law. Um, and I know you have other focuses as well, but uh, I, yeah, did you notice that that this is kind of something that that is missing in Alberta that that maybe you could fill? It wasn't so much. I, I just noticed it was missing, and I uh, and then I thought that there's something I could fill. All the, all of a sudden, it was it yeah. was more like. Well, uh, I, I started doing some some work for one client uh, in, in IP field who, who and, and their uh, pr- uh, film producers, and then they asked me to take on more and more of a role. And um, I, I have a, a bit of a mentor uh, in, in in Toronto for uh, entertainment or or for f- film and TV related work. Uh, his name is Sheldon Teicher. So okay. give a little bit of a shout out to him. Cool. Uh, you know, very very patient and uh, very very good teacher. I suppose, and uh, uh, and eventually, I think it was through me just uh, doing more and more work that I met more produce film producers in in Edmonton, in Calgary, and uh, just a little bit, just just stepping back a bit. So I, I was away for a good ten years from okay. from Alberta, right? And then this is when I was coming back, and so I I, I was sort of unfamiliar with the the industry right well at least at least the players in the industry uh, coming back after being away for so long um and it was through uh, working uh practicing uh, for about a year or so then more producers that I'd meet would tell me that hey it's it's actually kind of hard to find uh, uh counsel for yeah. our film yeah because uh, most lawyers say you know what we don't have experience in this and as I gained more experience, I became more comfortable with being. Yeah, you know, I, I can take on uh, I can take on work, and uh, I can provide some services here. That it, it appears now that there there's a bit of a, a bit of a a need for that in in the industry. Yeah, and there are a couple of very good lawyers, uh, at least here in Edmonton, I know that serve the the industry. 
uh, and, and I, I don't want to compare myself to them, but I've found uh, that uh, at least in, in speaking with, with, with uh, again, film, film producers, that, uh, that they are on the search, and, and uh, if, if I'm available and they're willing to um, let me uh, work for them and they yeah. believe there's a fit, and I believe there's a fit, then, then uh, we give it a go. Yeah, cool. Uh, and, of course, you know, we, we're, we are incentivized as producers in Alberta to, to spend in Alberta, and that's not always possible in every, in every area, but it's, all, it's always preferable, I think, especially if you can meet face-to-face with the person you're working with. Like insurance is still something we don't really have in Alberta. You have to go out of province for that, um, for specific film insurance. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited that you're, you're, you're kind of leading the charge here, I think. Thank you. Um, so... You you just gave me a cool tour of, of the space and you showed me all, all all your minute books for for you know and you and you mentioned that minute books are kind of going away. It's all digital now. And so that 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 sparked a thought in me for you know, I know filmmakers right now who are incorporating new companies and maybe you can maybe you can tell give us some insight into, you know, what the best way to do that is and why digital is better at this point. Well, it's it's not so much uh that that uh Digital is better per se, but uh, the the way I, especially with with younger clients, like you know younger as in maybe under forty five, right, right. <laughs> it's uh, they uh, oftentimes uh, a lot of the business they transact is is online, and and they've known online uh, uh, transacting business online since you know like probably the early two thousands or something like that, right. right? So so for for me to propose that you know what we're not going to do paper minute books anymore because it's it's uh, more administratively work administratively on our end yeah. um i'm going to charge you the same price and i think i'm going to provide you a superior product because we're going to have you know with our redundant backups uh, mm-hmm. of our uh, of our um uh, of our uh, of our data right. and we can always of course print out a hard copy of, course, of the yeah. digital minute book right um, then, then I'm going to provide you with a superior product. You're going to have better access to it rather than asking me say, oh, geez, uh, Greg, uh, we, we need a copy of our signed bylaws. Uh, can, can you send that to me? It's like, you know, even before we could have scanned all the, all the you know, the physical, yeah. you know, physically signed uh, originals. But here it's, it's just way more convenient uh, with, the, uh, with the digital signatures being more and more acceptable as a no- normal course and just to have everything fully digital, more accessible, uh, it, I think it's uh, better in integrity in terms of, uh, you know, if you have one copy of a hard copy minute book and we get a flood or a fire in here, it's gone, right? right if we right. didn't, if, uh, if we didn't think of scanning it, so, um, so yeah, so so that that's our our big our main motive of moving to pure digital right. minute books, and plus the Business Corporations Act, it doesn't require you to have a physical minute book. Oh, really? It requires you to keep. Minute, a minute book uh, records of the corporation, right? But it, it, it does not specify that you need a physical, physical. minute oh, book, right? So, right. so yeah. So uh, now, if a client requests a physical minute book, we can always put it together. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a default, since I think early this year or late last year, it's everything's digital now. Cool, cool. That's great. So, uh, you know, I, I used to work for um, a, a, a fairly large production company, and they had, you know, all these different incorporated entities uh basically one for every show and that's a common practice in in the film industry but why why do we why do we do that why is it a good idea to incorporate a single purpose company for a single production sometimes you're required to do it 
by uh, broadcasters or uh, funders. Right. So, so that's one. Sometimes it's just a hard requirement. You just need to do it. And, right. But the, and then there's reasons behind it. And a lot of times the reasons behind it um, is separation of your liabilities. Okay. Uh, for example, uh, if, say, uh, you know, full swing productions, uh, and then you have in, in plain view productions, yeah, right? Yeah. So, and, and you may have assets in full uh, full swing. Yeah. A certain amount of assets. Now, uh, to produce a film, it, it you, the idea is to contain the liabilities in that one film. So, say, for example, in, in, in plain view, if there's some kind of labor dispute or so, something that went horribly wrong that you're getting right. sued for. Yeah. Then let's say if you have like four hundred thousand dollars of assets in full swing, yeah. that you're not endangering those assets, and you're containing those liabilities in right. your single purpose production corporation, um, and and so that uh, it, it it so that that's where the separation of liabilities comes in. So that that's the the main reason. So what I've heard people say to that is, well, you could you know you could always just be sued as a as a personally over whatever the issue was. Is that is that true? I don't... You can be. Yeah. And there's nothing stopping someone from naming yourself as a director officer of the company right. as a party to a, uh, a a lawsuit, as a defendant to, in a lawsuit. However, uh, and, and I don't want to go too deeply into this, but as a general proposition, to pierce the corporate veil, meaning to go around the corporation yeah. and go sue someone personally yeah. uh, for a wrong, a, a tort, or, or some kind of action – is, is very difficult, short okay. of there being some kind of improper purpose, some kind of scandalous or, no, not scandal, but uh, improper purpose or fraud or something right, like right. that. It, it's very difficult to do. Okay. It doesn't stop someone from doing it. And right. you still, if you're named individually, you have to defend. Right. But uh, it, is, it is very difficult to do unless there's uh, something uh, that you're, you're like, like I said, um, something Im- very improper going on, uh, amounting essentially to fraud. So my my interpretation of that is, and tell me if I'm wrong, is basically the legal system says, well, this 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 whatever we're talking about here occurred as between you and the corporate entity, not the person. That's right, and that's yeah. how we'll behave unless there's some mitigating circumstances. Well, unless, and you know, I, um, I like to just qualify my comments. I just uh, sure. <laughs> stated a little bit more. So 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 my assumption is that okay, it, it's the corporation that. Uh, that engaged in the wrong in our hypothetical yes, here, yes. then it's it's very difficult to pierce the corporate veil. Okay. Now, if it's actually Matt Waterworth who, let's say, well, okay, what, what's hot in the media right now? Okay, well, like, you know, harassed. You sure, know, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Physically, sexually <laughs> harassed or whatever. <laughs> right. Someone personally, yeah. um, then then there could be a, a right of action against Matt Waterworth right. personally. That right? makes sense to me. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are other... And in thinking of other exceptions here to to uh, um, you know you having to like the the corporation as being this limited liability yeah. uh, shield not shield but uh, entity is that uh, there, there's the CRA can come after directors directly right uh, you're responsible for employee wages um, so the directors can be come and officers can be come after personally for those kind of things right, right? so right. so the, there are other exceptions but as, just as a a general rule. Um, that, that the corporation does provide that limited liability of, and, and that's why partly why you incorporate is that so so that that the person is is uh, has uh, some protection there. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still buy insurance. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. So so it's just a, just the recap. Yeah. The general rule, and then there are a number of exceptions. Of course, always. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that'll be a theme, right? There's yeah. always there's always exceptions, or yeah. it depends moments. Uh, so. 
going back to the the I, I mean why why we incorporate um, what what is uh, not not to make you like sell yourself but but what why why not just incorporate at a registry why go through a lawyer uh, there is nothing wrong uh, per se in just going to a registry I mean you're gonna save a lot of money right, right? Uh, upfront uh, full disclosure. I mean, I charge probably about twice as much as a registry does for an incorporation, right. and I don't provide you with a physical minute book. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, at, at first instance, you might think, well, geez, that's not a very good deal now, is it? <laughs> right. uh, but uh, the a, a registry, and they could do a fine job at it. Sure. Right. But once you run into anything beyond, say, your standard business corporation and, uh, you know, I just need uh, X uh, amount of common shares for the owners, um, then what the registry can't do and what they shouldn't do is render legal advice. Right. Uh, and w- and if there are any other, I guess, uh, pe- peculiarities where we need to amend, say, say, customize the articles of incorporation for certain circumstances, then the registry can't render legal advice. And, I, uh, and I'm not sure if they have enough variations of their articles of incorporation to... Uh, take into account, especially uh, um, uh, some situations where uh, a film a film company or a filmmaker's single-purpose production companies needs to uh, customize their articles for such uh, these kind of situations. Right. So, so it's one of those things that it can be perfectly fine. Yeah, it can be perfectly fine. But once you want something done differently or special, then. Uh, you might not want to mess around with with just uh, standard template articles and corporation. Right, right. So, but um, I, I just want to say I'm, I'm not saying that the registry any registry does a bad job. I sure. I, I use corporate registries, but uh, I, I don't order their their minute book packages. But uh, uh, and and they could be perfectly fine for for standard business and corporations. Right. But yeah, and I think uh, you know all of us want to be successful filmmakers, and and so I think when you get to the point where you have you know maybe you have. 10 incorporated entities or, or something because you know we incorporated a company just for development like we're not necessarily going into production yeah. and, and and so that could you know f- we could do that many times and have all these existing companies right I, I don't really know what to do with them if they if they need to be dissolved I don't know how that works so I, I'm sure I could figure it out but I think when you have many and there's a lot on the table a lawyer can be a really helpful person to go to to be like hey this is how we can organize or can you you can you can um Merge them or, or something. Can you amalgamate? Know? Amalgamate, yeah. right? So, so that's something that, uh, and I've I've worked with clients uh, on that that exact situation yeah, before, yeah. where you know you're you're in you're in business, you've been uh, filmmaking, you know, film producing for 10, 15 years, yeah, yeah. and then you have yeah, a dozen, two dozen different, uh, you know, uh, corporations yeah. just sitting there, and, and some and of them that never fees, right? created so, any. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so um, you can amalgamate those companies. Right. And I suggest that uh, in any kind of amalgamation that uh, the lawyer uh, coordinate with the CA, with your accountant, right? Um, and to for that kind of transaction because it, it can be a multi-step transaction. Sure. And uh, but but it's uh, definitely a, a good idea if you have several dormant companies that uh, are, are just taking are just sucking up fees every year. Right. right. Um, so, but each company needs to be taken uh, like. Have to have a look uh, look at uh, what kind of assets there are, what kind of liabilities there are, and and whether you want to actually amalgamate those companies right. into into one uh, entity. Interesting. So uh, we we reached out to the to the community uh, and got some uh, questions for you. Okay. Uh, 
And I really appreciate those who, who uh, asked us some great questions. And I, one in particular was like, oh, yes, that is a fantastic question. Uh, and that is about, uh, maybe I, I can't find it right this second, but it is about labels um, and logos on your, um, like when, you know, every time, every time we're on set shooting, it's like, oh, there's an Apple logo in the background or, oh, right. there's, there's a Coke logo. What, what do we do about that? And, you know, if you've got a great, you know, uh, uh, production design department, they've already figured that out. They've greeked it. They've changed it. But, but how concerned should we be about that? Is it, is it a huge deal or, or, and I realize this is probably another depend situation, but you know, sometimes, you know, you're, maybe you're making something that's just going to be on the internet and that's it. How, how I, I suppose the outcome is different depending. Is that right? Yes. Uh, and then just for the benefit of the, of the listeners here. So it, it depends is, uh, <laughs> something that, uh, I, uh, when we did our, uh, expo, a Calgary expo panel, uh, uh, yeah, uh, kind of the common theme with a lot of lawyer answers is that it usually starts off with it depends. Right. right? <laughs> and it can be very, very frustrating for people who are, are just seeking just some, you know, quote unquote free advice. Right. Because right? Right. Uh, I, uh, you know, not, not uh, as a lawyer, you're, you, you, sh- you shouldn't, you can't rent or legal advice. Of course. Uh, just, 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 just throw, you know, throwing out free legal advice. Right, right, but, right. but yeah, so it, uh, so any hypothetical it also starts with it depends. But anyways, gotcha. to your question. Yes. Okay. So it could be a, um, a multi, I guess you could say, faceted question. Uh, yeah. you know, answer to to your question is that one. Uh, number one is that if the production uh, is covered under errors and omission uh, mm-hmm. policy, yeah, uh, their clearance procedures will require require you to either uh, you know to to clear uh, any and get re- obtain consents for any display of any kind of brands. Right. Right. So that's a requirement. Okay. Um, now, if if you're okay, let's say if if you're not under that, um, and uh, and and it, it just appears in your film, um, and how worried should you be? Uh, I'm not sure if I can answer that directly. How worried you should be, but uh, part of your due diligence as a filmmaker, you should always try to reach out, especially if the brand is displayed prominently. Yeah. Um, and and try to request a, a consent or a release for. For that, right. to, to to show that um, that brand on in uh, on camera. Gotcha. Um, now, where you should be more worried is that if a particular brand and it, 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 the context it, that it's being used. Ah, yes. Right. Let's say there's a, for example, let's say there's a car. Uh, let's take Ford for example. Ford, pretty obvious. It's a Ford. You see mm-hmm. the Ford logo in there, and the Ford car is being used to run over a whole bunch of people and killing them and there's right. blood everywhere and yeah. there's blood all over the Ford logo and <laughs> and 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 someone says oh yeah you know uh, whoever you know the the, the killer there uh, you know I, I love using my Ford to kill you know something like that uh, yeah you know Ford might take exception I would to think that so, right yes. so so uh, a lot of it is contextual right now um, but as a by uh, but uh, standard course is that you should always attempt to get uh, if it's if you can't you know, digitally rub it out, right, or, or right. Your, your your production designers haven't caught it and, yeah. and replaced it with uh, some other kind of logo. You should always attempt to get a consent or a release. And what happens if you don't? <laughs> like, is it well? Th- then, then that's the risk, right? Yeah. So, um, if you're covered under errors and omissions, you're going to have to disclose it. Okay. Uh, and, and as production counsel, I would have to disclose it, and right. then they would have to decide. And then I would say, okay, look, this is how it appears. The context of it is fine. 
likelihood of a claim is low. Right. Okay, uh, don't exclude this, please. Right. And then they'll say, okay, yeah. And, you know, the good answer is, okay, yeah, you know, we agree with you. Uh, we'll note it in our file, but, uh, but uh, and we won't, um, um, ex- you know, mark it as an ex- a kind of exclusion, right? Right. That's one. Uh, now, if you're outside of that, um, then, then it's one of those things that, well, it's, it's uh, as a producer, it's your risk to bear if you choose to not uh, do something about it in, in, in post. Right. You know, so, uh, and, and a lot of times it's, uh, you might not get responses from the big companies. Right, eh? yeah, like, yeah. like say, you know, Mercedes or something right. like that, then, you know, maybe they just don't reply to you. It's like, right. well, you know, uh, yeah, you're sending us this release, but we, we won't sign it because we're we're too busy for you. Right. Yeah. Not saying that that Mercedes has done that, but but you right. know, this uh, like a lot a lot of companies did, sure, yeah, might like, not bother, right? So, of course. Yeah, but they don't. Of, yeah. yeah, they they don't necessarily want to go into the time it would take to determine what maybe the not. context is. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. So, um, but uh, uh, and and that's as a a producer, um, and it, with advice from your counsel. You decide whether that's a risk that you want to bear. It's right. like okay, so you know the context of how this brand is being shown is is like very innocent. There's nothing being said about it. There's nothing wrong with you know nothing, uh, um, yeah, wrong uh, or or you know nothing special about this scene that would cause right. the owner of this brand to uh, to take offense or take notice and and uh, and, and sue me. Right. So uh, so I think I'm okay with it. Right. So uh, like uh, and that has to be analyzed case by case. Sure. And every brand is different, right? Like I yeah. I've I've heard of a brand just being in the background on a on a scene where something negative happened and they just that's simply that was simply it. They nobody's being killed, not, nothing crazy, but it was like a negative scene. Yeah. So they just didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. So what is errors and omissions? Because you've, you've talked about that and, and I, you know, I've been in this business for a while and I still don't feel like I have my head fully wrapped around what it is because it's, because there's a, a part that happens at the script stage, right? Right. Is that something you do? Okay. So uh, what, I, uh, okay. So errors and omissions is, is an insurance policy. Okay. It's, it's for uh, accounting. They'll cover you for like what it sounds like errors and omissions that that you're not already, uh, I, I guess, aware of or, or informed of, right? right? So something goes wrong, that's, uh, but you've already done your due diligence, and that's why they, they have these uh, clearance procedures you know, on the, your application form that you will follow these clearance procedures, right. and your, your lawyer has read these clearance procedures, and you have on you know, procedures for, uh, for dealing with clearances on set, right. et, cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you're doing all your due diligence, but in spite of all that, in spite of doing your due diligence, something goes wrong, right. something gets missed. Right. And that's what errors and missions will cover you right. for, right? What are the what are some yeah. examples? I, I know that names can be one. If say, if you use a name that is actually uncommon, someone with that name could say, "This is about me, and I'm suing." Right, right. Um, so yeah, th- that can be something as well. And then you you would normally, if we're doing our due diligence properly, you'd go through. Uh, you you do uh, you clear all all names. Right. Uh, used in script and on camera, and a lot of times er- errors and omissions uh, could be engaged. Like a policy, a claim could be engaged. Uh, for example, is as you know, the script. What's on the script doesn't always end up exactly what's shot. Very right? true. Yes. There's, there's uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, you might be rewrite. Keep always rewriting, or yeah. maybe just. It, it just doesn't feel right the, the in way the moment. The lines, set, yeah, yeah, the lines are yeah. are spoken that we don't feel right. Right. So so you change the lines and and then. You, it's just everything has moved so fast in in production, right? That none of this ever gets cleared, right? And and that that's possibly something that could, uh, you know, that could you know raise a claim, 
So so yeah, so. You, so you have to do Arizona missions at the script stage, and yeah. then again after you're, you're so, kind of done. So what the proper way to do it is that then uh, the lawyer, the, your counsel would also review, say, a rough cut. Okay. You know, so so then we're catching it. We're catching at the script stage. Right. Um, and uh, as well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm skipping a couple uh, steps here. One of them being that you engage a, a clearance house to to do a script clearance report. Right. And then, and then counsel yeah. would would look, at, uh, you know, read it as well, and then be drawn to particular in particular to it, uh, their attention to uh, certain things that are flagged by the uh, the the clearance house. Right. And um, it, may, may I just add for the listeners, we don't we don't have a clearance house in Alberta that I'm aware of. Um, and so we've used a place called Eastern Script in Toronto. So um, you can Google them if you want to do that part of your script. But for the visual errors and omissions, that's you. Yeah, and then uh, so and then th- that next step uh, would uh, so that's catching it before uh, it's be, it's shot at right. the script stage, and and that's a very very important. And then counsel should also review the rough cut. Right. Yeah, at least a, a version of the uh, the, the rough cut right. to make sure that okay, um, yes, I've read the script. Now let's let, let's see how you know uh, was there anything different uh, in there, and then uh, that that's part of the due diligence as right. well. So right, yeah, cool. Hey everybody, just want to take a quick break from this uh, awesome conversation with Matt and Greg to tell you about the Calgary Film Center. Uh, it is a world class screen based production facility, suitably equipped and serviced, so you can execute your next project with ease. They have 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages and 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces, which you can film in, as we saw last week in our Cyborgs episode. Um, and they're complemented by their anchor tenant, William F. White, Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional motion picture, television, digital media, and theatrical production equipment. At the Calgary Film Centre, their aim is to deliver production support for local, national, and international screen industry projects in a purpose-built venue designed to service individual client needs. As well, the Calgary Film Centre delivers programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry. You can find out more at calgaryfilmcenter.com and we encourage you to go check them out and uh, and, and chat with them because they're amazing. Alrighty, so that, that answers uh, another one of our questions, uh, I believe, to, to some degree. Uh, do you deal with errors and omissions? When's a good time to get your script looked at? But do you, do you do scripts, or do you have to go to a, like a like a script clearance house? Well, uh, I uh, I do review scripts, oh, okay, cool. um, and uh, I I sh- you know counsel should be reviewing scripts even if you uh, um, engage a a clearance house. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, like the the question is, when should you? Sorry, what's the uh, yeah. W- uh, when's a good time to get your script looked at? And I guess that question is about w- at what stage of the script. Um, when you're typically when you're you're uh, in in uh, in, in at, at least in prep, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, prep, yeah. so hopefully your script is pretty much done before you want to send it over to have a look. That's because right. Because if it yeah. changes a lot, you have yeah, to do it I mean, again. Yeah, I mean, right? you know, a very early, you know, white draft or whatever. Like, uh, no, even then, I mean, because, um, uh, as you know, there are several stages to this. You know, you, you probably don't want to send the very first draft, right? right yeah. Right. Um, but, but you can. Sure. Because there's some things that could be caught really right. early, you know, especially so, things yeah. you know that won't change, right? Yeah. If the idea is that, like, especially names like that, that blew my mind. Like, I was like, if you use a name like John Smith, that's a bad idea because there are, you know, there are so many people who could sue you. But that's actually it's the opposite because there are that's so right. many. You're actually safer because someone would have a harder time making a case that it's about them. That's right. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I had no idea. Um, 
Do you know uh, Andrew Fung, the actor from uh, uh, Kim's Convenience on CBC? He lives. I've in- seen Kim's Convenience. Yes, <laughs> he, he lives in Calgary. Yep. He asks, "Do I have to pay parking tickets from Precise Link or Impark?" Which is a joke. <laughs> not, <laughs> not a, but uh, you know, there's a. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to, but you have to deal with the consequences. Right, you don't have course, to. <laughs> uh, so a question here from Sherry: uh, When a contract gets signed for profit sharing for an indie film that goes in, that goes into worldwide distribution. How does one track net profit made and recoup the agreed-upon contract profits? The contract being the original producers and the movie contracted by them to a distribution company. I'm not sure even I follow that okay, whole yeah. question, but... That, that, I got to unpack that. Okay, yeah. so, so can read it one more time. So yeah. when a contract gets signed for profit sharing for an indie film, mm-hmm. which goes into worldwide distribution, okay. how does one track net profit made and recoup the agreed-upon oh, okay. contract profits? Okay, so in... That contract. Yeah. Uh, if I were negotiating this contract on behalf of a client, I would make sure, and usually there are some uh, uh, rights for you to do this, is that there's a right to audit. Oh, right. right? Of course. So normally, okay, so, so normally how these things work is that um, the the uh, the person who's sharing the profits with, with the producer is, is going to... Uh, say that okay, we're we're going to give you a statement, uh, maybe once a year after after the film is is. Uh, I mean, and I'm assuming that it's it's going to be it's 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 uh, delivered and and done at this stage. Yeah, is that once we make our sale, we're going to give you statements every once every year or mm-hmm. once every two quarters or whatever. And uh, if it's above, say, you know, some some uh, whatever nominal amount of of actual uh, revenues that that uh, we owe to you, then then we'll uh, we'll include payment with that, right? As well. Okay, so that, that's one. So so you have the obligations of uh, for the person uh, for the entity sharing the profits uh, that they should do this. However, there should also be included in some a contract like that some kind of right to audit. Mm. And uh, when I've negotiated these kind of contracts with. On behalf of my clients, I make sure that uh, it, like this kind of provision is in there, so right. that you, so that you at some point you may say, you know, I'm not sure if you're actually uh, if you if you're actually sharing all the money with us that right. that you should be under under this contract, uh, and so we're gonna send uh, we're gonna send our auditors in there and, right. and and audit your books. And if uh, you've got five years between you know your your ability to audit, uh, you know, that could that could be a lot of money lost if you're if there's a mistake or if something's yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and usually these kind of provisions contain your right to right to audit once per year. And it's, uh, um, you have to bear the cost of such audit and, and these kind of audits can be expensive too. Right. right. So, so it's, although you have that right, it, it is, uh, I, I don't see it exercised very often because it is expensive. Right. Um, but there are other provisions that we can build in there short of an audit is that, and I've seen what I, uh, other, types of clauses I've seen is that uh, you know before that we escalate this to audit and dispute then uh, we're going to sit down we're going to disclose uh, all our statements to you within within a certain notice period and then we agree to come try to come to a, a, a you know a, um, a resolve any kind of Some dispute resolution. with respect to numbers before we escalate this to, right. to, to audit or, 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 gotcha. or claim or right. whatnot yeah that, that makes sense that's cool so, but is there is there a way like yeah like if you've got if you've got like several producers on a on a production, or, or is it just something you have to figure out yourself? Like you get this much, I get this much, or is oh, there or is okay. there some kind of contractual 
thing you should enter into okay. if you've got a lot of producers who are taking a cut of the distribution. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's a. I think that might be a, diff, a bit of a different animal. Is that okay? So, say, say if uh, you know, hypothetically, if uh, something like, say, in plain view, mm-hmm. had like you know five different producers, yeah. right? And and you all wanted a um, uh, to, to to get a certain percentage of re- revenue shares uh, for or, or profit share. Uh, th- that's something that you negotiate between yourselves as producers and the production company, right? Um, uh, in either in in lieu of or as as on top of any producer fees that you receive, right? Um, so 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 that's that's a little bit different from from that kind of scenario. Right. I think uh, uh, the the uh, the person's uh, talking about, but right. But yeah, but but um, yeah. So 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 you negotiate that separately. Okay. Uh, I know you're not an accountant, but there is a question here that says, "What what can we claim as business as a business expense as an actor, singer, VO artist?" I don't know if that's your world. Oh, I uh, yeah, I I wouldn't want to. I mean, I I know generally what what business expenses are, but right. I I don't want to uh, throw out an answer that I'm not. Uh, I don't think I I'll be giving the cor- correct information, so Fair I'll enough. have to leave that to a <laughs> to your to your CA to yes, we'll we'll have an <laughs> accountant on yeah. at some point. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, oh, that, yeah, that, this is, this is the question I was looking for. Brand signs and logos and shots. Thank you, Jimber Jam, for that question. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I think that's everything. Um, but what I wanted to talk about when what we talked about on the, on the panel was, was copyright mm-hmm. because that's an area of expertise for you as well. So, uh, and, and I don't know, I don't think we're repeating things too much. Like we've had Tito on the podcast. Tito was on that panel, but, uh, what, what is the ability filmmakers have around using copywritten characters? Because fan films are super popular online. Um, how how dangerous is that? I mean, you must be putting yourself at some risk if you put Batman in your film. You would be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So as a um, as a general rule, uh, if you use certain copyrighted elements of other works, yeah. Then, uh, and if you're uh, using it in any kind of significant way, then you could technically be infringing on the rights holder's copyright. Right. So that's number one. Now, uh, the discussion about fan fiction, uh, fan art, uh, fan films Mm -hmm. uh, is uh, there is no uh, exception in in, in our copyright acts, at least uh, for uh, for fan fiction. Right. Right. Um, I mean, we have our fair dealing exceptions, and uh, which is Canada's version of fair use in right. the United States. Fair dealing is what it's called. Fair Canada? dealing oh. yeah, in Canada, and uh, th- there are a number of fair dealing exceptions, and you know, one of them being parody. And uh, right. Yeah, anyways, we won't go through those. But in respect of fan fiction, um, so for for popular works, a lot of times the right ho- rights holders may choose deliberately to not shut down fan you know fan, say fan films even though they ha- they have the ability they they, they could have a yeah. very valid argument and, right. and merits to copyright infringement right however they may choose not to enforce that that uh, because it actually helps build the popularity of 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 their uh, of their works right. and 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 it helps build the fan base cuz they see that these are just very passionate fans who want to make their own ten-minute Batman short, right? Or or, or ten-minute uh, you know movie that includes Batman, and, and they're not, and and 
it, it, and Batman is not being portrayed as a as, as, a, as some kind of child molester or so, something right, like right, right. very very bad like that. Right. I mean, like it, so yeah. By definition, a fan film should be about being a fan and and including right. this character that you're a fan of and you know portraying that character in a way that is is this positive and similar to the way you've ever you've always seen exactly. them portrayed, but just in a scenario that you'd love to see them be in, kind of thing. Exactly. Now. It's a whole other thing, and, and this is something that we talked about uh, during the, uh, the Calgary Expo um, earlier this year was uh, what happened, what came down, I, I believe it was last year, maybe it was earlier this year, was um, about uh, Star Trek Axanar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think, um, so f- for the listeners who are not familiar with Star Trek, Axanar, or they call it Axanar, was, uh, it was started out as, seemed like a, a fan Star Trek film. Right. And then, uh, and uh, I'll just kind of skim, you know, the briefly go over just just the, what what happened here. But uh, um, I'm not sure if I have all the details right. But they raised a whole lot of money. Yeah. Basically, they raised a whole whole, whole ton of money. I think like two million dollars right. US okay. or something like that. Right. One to two million dollars US uh, through through some kind of crowdfunding uh, uh, source. And then so CBS took exception to this right. because a part of it because they act, were actually using professional crews and actually some actors. Who were who actually uh, have acted in in, in the, one Star, of the Star, Star Trek, Trek franchises? franchises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a number so, of actors, I think, were in. Yeah, that, exactly. It yeah. and all of a sudden it cr- crossed this threshold of being from fan film to yeah. competing Star Trek production, right? And then, of course, with CBS back then being in the works with Star Trek Discovery, and of course, as a going concern, the Star Trek, um, the uh, the the Abrams uh, movies, right? right. Uh, they're the reboots. Uh, Star Trek was still a very hot property, yeah. and and uh, um, I think that CBS did just uh, they saw this as a threat to their property because right. it was no longer just a fan film. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's interesting when you have a universe like Star Trek, and you like I don't I don't know the specifics, but if those actors were playing their roles from from that universe, well, then you're you're suggesting that this is canon canonical to the universe that CBS controls and owns. Yeah. Which is dicey. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I don't, I'm not, uh, and I don't think in in Axanar that they proposed that no. uh, uh, the, these characters would be playing the, the same characters. Okay, like okay. I, I think they were playing different. Like I think okay. the, one of the characters was the guy who played Galron in, in TNG. Okay, yeah, yeah. But he, but he wasn't, or uh, you know what? I, I don't remember the exact. I think one, you're but, right. But, they, but, but there's also yeah. Tuvok. The guy who played Tuvok was in something. Maybe yeah. it wasn't this, but yeah. Yeah, and and but they didn't play their characters that right. they played okay. uh, in in uh, the other the, the the actual Star Trek franchises, but they played other roles right. and they. They're recognizable names, at, le- at least, of course, in, yeah. in, in especially Star to Star Trek, Trek fans, right? right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so that was uh, a threat, and and uh, uh, potentially could take away from, let's say, take away profits mm-hmm. from the CBS uh, and 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 the the, the the movies. So interesting. So they uh, they they had mer- they perhaps had some merit for you know to claim actual that, that it could result in damages right. to to their right. brand, and they're using their brand. To to uh, to make something that is competing with with their uh, with their property, right, right. Interesting. That's a whole very interesting world. And 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 not 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 to make fun, but I think it depends is a very important thing to remember. Mm-hmm. In like, like absolutely, yeah. yeah. You like the Power Rangers short that went huge, ended up being okay, but only because you know the filmmakers talked to Saban, the owners of of the property, and eventually found a way to make it okay. Um, but that doesn't happen every time. No, certainly. No. So, um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting world. So, I wonder if you can help me walk through uh, for for myself and for other filmmakers the uh, unknown unknowns 
So okay. w- when you're when you're making a film, and maybe not a short, or maybe it is a short. I don't. Maybe you can comment on that. But um, what's kind of the legal checklist that we should be going through? We've talked about incorporating a company. That's maybe step one. Okay. Um, errors and omissions. Oh yeah, your 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 uh, CGL, your um, your regular business and commercial uh, insurance. Yeah, right. So, so okay. you're, you're, that insurance. And your errors and omissions as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, something you've been amazing with us, uh, working with us on, it has been distribution. So, mm-hmm. am I? Maybe I'm jumping. I'm jumping over production here, but you know, you want to have a lawyer go over your distribution contracts if you have an agreement that you're making right. with with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure that you're being treated fairly on, on that paperwork. Um, and uh, having been through that experience with you, uh, I can I can say to to the filmmakers out there. If you're if you're making a distribution deal with any reputable distributor, they're totally open to negotiation. Like I think I think people receive a contract and think, oh well, I'm legally bound by this, whatever it is. Um, I have to sign it if I want my film to see the light of day. But that's not at all the case. It seems every every time that we've been through this process, um, those people are very willing to negotiate, and, and it's it's an expectation. Would you agree that that? That's part of the process. That's my experience as well. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, I've, I've even even some of the bigger players, even some uh, like uh, bigger broadcasters. There's there's sometimes sometimes some room for negotiation of, of these uh, kind of deals. Right. So uh, it's it's something that um, I I I don't think uh, a, a producer, no matter how big or small you are, should ever just accept a contract and say, right. yeah, you know, that this, you know, we should, you should review it and make sure that it's, uh, it, it takes all your, your best interests in mind. It, because yeah, there, there are some horror stories in our, in our province uh, of people who, you know, we, if you don't think it through, you, you could find yourself, you know, not, I, I mean, a common horror story is that a distribution company could say, you know, our, our fees are this much and your film only made this much. So, uh, yes, we take this amount for us, but also over here, there's, you know, all the costs for, you know, we made posters and we made, we, we sent faxes and we made phone calls. And, and so they can eat up a lot, a lot they of possible yeah. promit, pro- profits, um, by, by playing that game. And so as well, they should to a certain degree, but it should be capped. Uh, I would think personally. Um, so what else, what are, what are the other things that filmmakers just need to be aware of legally for as potholes that, uh, could cause problems? Um, we we talked about a lot of it. Uh, yeah, you know, like and a lot of it is you know, like uh, you know making sure that uh, that that you're 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 abiding by you know proper clearance procedures. Right. Um. You know, in, in production, and that you're getting your scripts reviewed. Um. By at the very least, uh, you know, a script clearance house. Right. Um. And uh, you know, if you can afford counsel, then then have counsel have a look at those as well right and uh be have counsel play a um uh you know you're not going to have counsel on set and you know in the production office every day i mean that that'd be prohibitively prohibitively expensive right but at least have give them the uh work with counsel to make sure that uh the the stages that counsel's eyes needs to see you needs to review that that they're on it like and we talked about those you know the script uh, the rough cut and uh, you know, if, if anything that kind of flares up, you know, legally, that that that's dealt with, and that those kind of fires are put out. So, right. Um, so, so yeah, I think we talked about most of those already. Cool, great. So, so incorporate um, errors and omissions at the script stage and at the 
Yeah. So 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 the thing is, uh, just just a word about errors and omissions. Like, yeah. um, a, a lot of times, because uh, you don't need to actually bind, you know, your your insurance for ENO until before it's uh, usually, you know, before it's actually released out to right? the public. Yeah, 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 released to the public. Right. Because there's nothing like that's when that's that's the time when claims any potential claims like there's no potential claims eno wise right while you're shooting it right unless you're releasing snippets of it you know while you which while is you happening go. right with digital right. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so so uh but uh, uh oftentimes broadcasters the distributors if you're uh, if the, you, know, you already have a deal with them while you know uh, before uh, production has uh, started then they'll require they might require eno to be bound at a certain before a certain stage right, right. you know so um but it's always a good idea to at least uh have uh, fill out the application for ENO because mm-hmm. then they'll they'll give you that those those uh, their clearance procedures and they're usually they're they're relatively identical between the different uh, insurers right uh, and that so you're at least aware of it and you have that discussion well, either internally or with counsel that what you need to do to abide by by the clearance procedures because you don't want to all of a sudden apply for ENO uh, right right before it's released then realize that and then tell the uh, you know the insurer the broker that oh geez we yeah we didn't. Um, we didn't do any of this, you know. <laughs> so, so right. yeah, yeah. So it's a good idea to, uh, yeah, at least fill out that application and get it in. Right. But uh, of course, you know, you, you instruct uh, the, the broker not. We're not, of course not buying insurance until this time. Uh, right. When this is done or right. at this stage or whatnot. Gotcha. Uh, what about documentary? This just kind of hit me. What What are the What are the Are there any unique kind of legal scenarios or potholes that you should be aware of when you're doing? Or is it uh, kind of the same? It, it's kind of the same, except uh, you're, uh, you're you're looking um, for for a few. When you're shooting, you you have to be more aware of who gets into this into the shot, right? Especially ah, okay. if you're doing like uh, okay, okay, this person, this person in the background here, this person in the background here. Of course, they're not just extras who have already signed, you know, right. appear, you know appearance releases around whatnot. So right. so um, so so those people have to uh, you have to make sure that appearance releases are all signed, or that you have the proper signage. Uh, you know, like uh, even even on location for for a non document you know, a fiction shoot, you have the proper signage that say you are entering an area where there's a camera shooting something. That's that, a great. That's a yeah. good question. Is that is that legit? Like that's okay if if it's very clearly posted at the entrance of a venue. Yeah, that, that covers yeah generally, like uh, I, I say, the safest way, but it's not always practical, is to get everyone who appears to, to sign the appearance release, right? Right. But that's not always practical, right? And so, and it'll depend case by case uh, on on the situation. But if you're shooting, say, like in a great big mall, and and there are people, you, you can't stop everyone, right? Of course, uh, yeah. I mean, you can, but you're gonna you're gonna. <laughs> All merchants will be pissed off. Meet right? a lot so, of PAs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. And the merchants will be pissed off if yeah. you're stopping all the traffic for like half an hour for on, sure. on like you know December 18th. Oh no, you're not going to be shooting <laughs> at that point. You know the busiest time of year. But um, it, it, like it depend on the situation, and especially if uh, so. We talked about context before. Context of the scene. Okay, mm-hmm. So it's just uh, just a conversation. It's it's not talking about porn or whatnot right and there are people in the background that haven't signed releases but you can't really recognize their faces right. it's pretty blurry they, they've been notified um and uh and so so the risk is 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 low then right that uh, for, for a claim now in a different context if you're uh having a uh some kind of um very let's say adult themed conversation and some right. really uh questionable language and 
things like that. And uh, and as a hypothetical, so there's, there's someone who walks in the background who hasn't signed a release, and it's it's a let's say a man with holding the hands of uh, a woman who is not his wife. Ah, uh, yes. And, and and they're not in a, a you know a poly kind of uh, arrangement or right. <laughs> sure. whatever we're going to call enough. it, right? So, 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 so there, there's where you can, you know, like, I'm throwing a few different elements in here, yeah, but yeah. there's a few different, uh, there's a couple different ways that uh, things can, uh, you know, th- th- could raise a possibility sure. of, of someone sure. getting getting kind of upset right, right. <laughs> that they're in this film and they're caught in this situation and they don't like the context and they're, they're with someone that they, uh, that they're not supposed to be with. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> So yeah, and children are a big one too, right? Yeah, Especially, yeah, uh, absolutely. I you know you know I I don't know if this is a true story or not, but you know there are reasons why we go through the process of of freedom of information protection forms and and release forms and things because yeah, there there's a and maybe it's a hypothetical situation, but uh, a, a mother and son were. Uh, trying to uh, st- stay away from the estranged father, who uh, I guess was able to find out what city oh, they were living right. in through a news news story where the yeah. child had appeared in the background on something. So it it's it's possible, right? It's a yep. it's, it's a it's something to be considerate of if you're in the media for sure. Yeah, and and you know I I, I would suggest that uh, in the kind of case, uh, documentary or, or otherwise that that kind of signage that. <clears throat> that you have counsel review something like that right. as well, so sure. make sure that that the message is right, and, right. and then um, uh, and then of course work with your locations managers to make sure that these are placed properly, and, right? And and it always helps to have say like you know as part of your due diligence have a PA standing right there, and, sure. and you know as people walk by, it's like you know check it out, yeah, <laughs> yeah, look, <laughs> you know, pay attention, you yeah, know, the, yeah. with filming going on here, For right? Sure. So. Uh, and one thing that I've been in a, the scenario uh, with before is that we we've actually had to take video of the sign and the entrance, just to, and maybe it's just as a just in case to show that it was there and to show that you know people had clear view of it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. No, and uh, that's a uh, that's a matter of I think what, what you're talking about is a matter of evidence, right? Uh, in case in case there is a claim, right? You say that I had no idea that you guys were filming. Well. We took pictures. These were clearly marked. Yeah. Um, w- did you just not see? And we had PAs posted. Right. Where how did you not know? Right. And, and here's like, an example yeah. of yeah. the scenario. That so, was, yeah. so yeah. So it, it, that can hopefully that kind of situation never happens. But I think it form part of the evidence for your defense. Right. Yeah. And there's an expectation that you know we're aware of our surroundings, and you know it's a hard thing to to argue if the sign's big enough and bright enough. Um, so, uh, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Really cool, uh, information. And, and, uh, I, I, I worry that some filmmakers are, are too interested in like the fancy fun part of filmmaking and not aware enough of some of the, the, the legal and, and business affairs stuff. And so I'm glad that you would come on and do this for us. Oh, just, just one, one last thing, of course, uh, Matt, yeah. uh, actually when they mentioned business affairs, yeah. is that, um, having a good business affairs person working on production is yeah. I think is is very critical um and that business affairs person can complement counsel uh you know in terms of like a working relationship very very well right you know especially if the filmmaker uh, if the producers are like you know what I want to concentrate on making the art here uh and and not not so much the the, the business part you know making applications for this and right. that and right. you know dealing with this these little minutia with 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 the contract uh with contracts and broadcast yeah. you know like uh, a good hire a very good business affairs person. Are yeah, there are there many in Alberta? I know of a not, few, but they all work for big companies. Not right? many, but there are some yeah. 
very good okay. independent people that will contract yes. project to project. Okay, yes, cool. yes, yeah, and they, they, they never come cheap. No, not the lawyers, course, yeah, but yeah. but because uh, um, I I I've been asked, but I can't help on on business affairs. I, like, right. I I don't have the experience, and I'd, I'd be risking serious malpractice if, sure. if I were to to try to fulfill the role of a business affairs right. person. So yeah, hire a very good business affairs person. Cool, and and that's and that's more of the kind of the day to day. I, I know, like I've worked in business affairs personally, and 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 I was working on things like music licenses for mm-hmm. for TV shows and um, uh, grant applications and and contracts and um, working with the Writers Guild, for example. So that's all. That's all. Yeah, that and as well as uh, some of the uh, like like CMF, uh, right, right, dealing yeah. with CMF, mm-hmm. um, you know, dealing with AMF. Uh, yeah. So uh, things like that, you know, dealing with the the, the, the details of, of the applications and knowing. You know, uh, calculating tax credits, things like that. Right. I, I don't do that, and right. you need someone who knows how to do that. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And do it. Well. Uh, would people be able to reach out to you uh, for a recommendation Absolutely. on that? And um, among many other things, I'd love to. Uh, RedFrameLaw.ca is that? Dot uh, com. I dot have com. the .ca as well, but dot okay. uh, com. Yeah. RedFrameLaw.com. Where else can people find you online? Find me on Twitter at Cyclaw C L C L A W, uh, and that's uh, just a moniker I've had. Ever since the early days of Twitter, I'm I'm the cycle the, your original cycling lawyer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, it's funny because the first time you know we met we we were referred to by some other producers here in Edmonton, and uh, we were talking about you, uh, but we had not yet met you, and we were out on the street around here. Uh, and and they were like, oh, there goes our lawyer. He's <laughs> just cycling right by right now. So that was the first time I ever saw <laughs> right, you right, on a bike. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so that's a big part of your world as well. You're a big bike enthusiast. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I bike everywhere. I, I used to, uh, you know, just on an amateur level, race mountain bikes. Oh, really? Cool. Uh, my, my wife used to race road bikes. Uh, oh, cool. And uh, we're, we're trying to get our, our, our son uh, as early as possible into cycling. Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, well, thank you again. And um, uh, so redframelaw.com, your contact info is on there if anybody has any Absolutely. questions. Yep. Yep. Great. Uh, So, yeah, thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thanks, Mr. Pang. Yeah, he's such a great, like, just a generous guy. Like, so nice. Oh, man, the best. Like, like, yeah. Like, and, you know, I always thought that lawyers are lawyers and they're going to, like, like, maybe you can have a, a phone consultation to figure out who they are. But other than that, you're getting billed. Yeah. You'll get like 50 bucks hard, for them yeah. to send an email. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that, that is true of some lawyers. I, I have a friend who's worked in a lawyer's office and would bill, I think by, by the point point by 10 minute increments by like point. Wow. You know, one or two. Right. Uh, not point 15. Uh, no. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty hardcore. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, and we did we did uh, a panel with Greg at the Calgary Expo this last year. We did four panels, and we were like, "All right." He wanted to do one, so we said, "Okay, well, let's do this like l- you know legal issues mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in uh, like fan fiction." Um, and it, it just sounds like such a like you're about to get into something so boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, but not only was it the most interesting to me, at least, of the panels that we put on, but it was by far the best attended. Right. Too. Um, and it was just fascinating some of the some of the stuff. Um, of course, Tito. Uh, was there hosting with us yeah. and he was he's he's just the original Alberta podcaster yeah film. he's just so good <laughs> on a mic like he's just such a such an awesome dude and he was like prepped yeah, yes like he, he was he had yeah. a ton yeah. of research done and stuff so, yeah it was um, good it was good and hopefully we get to do something similar or he does we don't have yeah. to be involved in everything but uh, but it was a good yeah it was a good chat I'd, I'd like to see it again you know off off mic as as I was leaving, he was like, "I, I want to do another panel where it's where it's where we litigate the legal issues around superheroes. Uh, so, what would happen in real life if 
you know, the Punisher did this, this, and this. Oh, yeah, which sounds pretty fun. So maybe that'll happen. What about like Hulk and and Iron Man fighting in that city? Yeah, yeah, like, destroying the city. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What are the legal why, ramifications? Yeah, why of... is Iron Man not on trial over yeah. this? Well, he's defending <laughs> something, something. Anyway, all right. Uh, let's get into the newsy news. Yes, uh, and that is presented by Bleeding Art Industries. Uh, Bleeding Art Industries creates cool and supports filmmakers in Alberta and across Canada with training and workshops, services and consultation, products and equipment. Check out their own unique style of creative content with their traditional Krampus-style holiday greetings now on their social media channels. In the spirit of the season, they send you Gus von Krampus. Greetings from Santa's devilish counterpart and all the best in the new year. I've seen it. It's actually a pretty cool gif. You should check it out. Gross vom Krampus is that's yes, the full, he has a full name. name. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. No, I thought Krampus was like the like the name of the type of creature, but I didn't yeah, know it was his yeah. last name. I must be a person. There must right. be more mythology around it. I, I'm there curious. was a time when there were going to be like three Krampus movies coming out. Well, there was that one with Adam Scott. It did, yeah, right. yeah. And but Kevin Smith was going to do a Krampus movie, oh. and that didn't happen. Um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I, I never saw that one though. So it's so funny as they like as Hollywood like mines all of this content. They you know they yeah. they exhaust all the Santa stuff. Yeah. Now they find like, you know, like all the black Christmas that's been exhausted. Oh, Krampus. And then like they all hit this, you know, yeah, at the same time. At the same yeah, time yeah. And, uh, well, I, I think it's identifying that there's an awareness level. Like and right. now there's like, OK, the world seems aware of it. It's not like an original thing because Hollywood would hate to create that something would original. That would be uh, terrifying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're right. But it didn't hit as hard as I expected it to. Uh, OK, let's get into uh, the news you can use. Um, specifically, this, this new section for this week only, the Wanted Section. Ah, yes, yes. Um, new section. New section, but just crime corner. Whole, whole, crime corner, <laughs> perfect. Why is everything a corner? It's good. I like it. Um, yeah, there was some terrible news uh, last yes, week. Yes. Or this week. Last week, uh, if you're listening to this on yeah. Christmas Eve. Uh, the camera store in Calgary was was broken into. And it felt, it really felt like an affront to to the whole community. And, yeah. and it was impressive how everyone got, got behind it and wanted to find yeah. who did it. And uh, yeah, it was like an attack on our community. Yeah. Yeah, I was Which pissed. it was. It, 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 it was, totally yeah, is. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, and they stole a bunch of camera equipment and lenses. Um, and some of it has been found. Mm-hmm. It was there it was posted on Kijiji. Like Yeah, and literally the, the police do that. They're like, oh, okay, well, we're gonna check Kijiji, the posts yeah. and yeah. then meet you and and and, and arrest you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um a bummer. And if you know yeah. they are they they are or were at least offering a, a five thousand dollar camera store shopping spree for yeah for that's right yeah the person who finds it i'm not sure what the deal is with it now since some of that some of the stuff has been found mm-hmm. um, but if you know anything about it or, yeah there's still some stuff missing yeah um, but it sounds like the two culprits have been ap- apprehended so, so if you if you bought something that seemed a little sketchy on kijiji yeah for like a christmas yeah. gift maybe maybe check <laughs> maybe check like the serial number compare or like, against what's missing there yeah, yeah that might be a good idea um so yeah reach out to the camera store uh and our you know our thoughts yeah, thoughts and prayers, which are nothing, go out to them. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad it's it's overall a, a happier ending than it than it, than it could have been. Absolutely, seemed like it was going to be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, so sorry to the folks at the camera store. I'm surprised that. they got in there because I've seen the camera store when it's closed. They they shut that thing down. Yeah, like, like, but I guess you can pry through those bars if you. Well, there. I mean, and there were people on social being like, "Well, you don't have safety bars on your." <laughs> and they like, do. They do. They got it covered. Yeah, yeah it's like they there's know. only so much you can do. They're yeah. in the business of you know having a ton yeah. of expensive equipment. They're yeah. like, oh, let's just lock it with a deadbolt. Like, come on, they're. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They had some hardcore shutters uh, and you, yeah, you can pry through them. Like, I mean, it must've taken some time, so I don't know what else you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Out of crime corner corner and into the upcoming deadline, StoryHive has announced their newest edition and it is the immersive edition. Have you heard of immersive? 
content. I haven't heard of immersive, but we but but I was we were talking about how VR is is kind of an old school term. Yeah, virtual reality. Yeah, yeah. which which was like oh, in the eighties that was a word, and now we don't. Now it's I don't know. I think it changed our expectations of what of how cool it actually is now that the technology is there. But the word immersive is interesting. I like it better. Yeah, I like That's it better. Cool. Yeah, immersive reality. Yeah, immersive because it's all virtual now. We I suppose so. Yeah. Depends, depends on depends your, on if it is yeah. virtual or not. Yeah. If it's virtual, somebody, it's all virtual. I remember somebody called radio the fir- the first and earliest version of social media, which I was like, all right, I don't know if I agree with that, but yes, everything could be reality, Scott. I suppose they said radio was the first and original version of social yeah, media. We were at an event together, and this this guy was a was a speaker. He you know he'd been a radio DJ for a long time, and and it was a social media event, right. but this radio DJ was like. Radio first social media thing, and I was like, I uh, I don't know if what about I agree like, with you on that. What about the newspaper? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like you could write right, in you could editor- go further like, back. Yeah, yeah editorial, or you could put like you know the I saw yous or whatever the yeah, yeah. the classifieds. There's got to be back and forth. Uh, so I suppose it counts when someone calls into a radio station, uh, and and I, and it would count when you send a letter into a newspaper, of course. So yes, newspaper wins. Although. <laughs> now I wonder, I don't know enough about the history of print newspapers yeah. to know if there were classified section before radio. Yeah, I would or imagine maybe there, there was were, but a, who knows? a cave somewhere where people would write messages to right. each other on. Yeah, and then like, you know, <laughs> yeah, chisel, yeah. chisel a, a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to this whole VR thing. So StoryHive <laughs> is um, offering 10 projects, uh, $40,000 production grants to produce uh, two different things. 40, One is. Wow a 360-degree VR video project, which they're calling the Immersive Project, as well as a companion digital short, which they're calling the Linear Project. This is your chance to use VR technology to do what you do best, which is tell stories. Um, it's so smart that they have like this, also this linear thing that you have to do because, you know, like you were saying earlier, not not everyone can watch VR content. So yeah, exactly. something yeah. that we can all watch on our computer screens this is, is true. pretty sweet. Um, we'll be talking a lot more about this in the new year, um, but just briefly, you can check out storyhive.com to find out more about it. The application deadline will be 12 noon uh, Pacific time on January 29th. So probably a good time to start uh, putting an application together or thinking about uh, what your story might be. So uh, coming up on the deadline for this uh, From Our Dark Side um project i don't know what to call it i guess it's a contest um from uh wift vancouver women in film and television vancouver um also being presented by telus and uh some other folks um deadline is january 5th to get in your three to five page genre film outline it's got to be a genre film uh and you can win some incubation uh in the actual creation of your full film uh so that's mentorship um with uh you know with a writer story editor um, digital marketing strategy uh, information and, and um, a consultation with someone in that vein, uh, graphic artist to initiate the some design materials. So you're you know it's a development incubator. It's very right. cool. And Raven Banner Entertainment is uh, involved as well, um, which means you get to talk to a great distributor yeah. uh, about you Raven know. Banner is is easily one of Canada's best distributors. Yeah, I mean, especially heard of them, for genre films. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't heard of them, you should you must check them out. So uh, five uh, projects are going to be selected for all of those benefits plus 500 bucks. Uh, and again, you just need a three to five page um, genre film treatment idea and uh, you have to be a woman. So uh, check it out uh, at the link in the show notes. Very cool. Uh, upcoming events. We've got nothing, but I think Christmas counts. Yeah. 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 It's a little slow, but uh, yeah, it should awesome. be. We yeah. Got a re- recharge. Yeah. Yeah. Just as important as the work is uh, taking the time to rest. Big time. But there are a lot of workshops that are starting in January. Mm. Um, so we've got quite a long list here. 
uh, and they're probably worth signing up for now so that we can kind of kick off 2018 uh, with some learnings. Yeah, for sure. The first, of course, uh, our friends at IATSE are putting on a set etiquette and protocol workshop, which is the bare kind of lowest, uh, the only thing really that you need to get onto a union set is this workshop. Um, it is a, uh, a one-day course. Uh, it's only three hours? Uh yeah, I mean that's the I thing about it was these. So short. Yeah, that's the thing about these things. It's like it, you don't. It doesn't take much to get in. It's really not. It's a very small barrier to entry, but I think it. I think it's all that's needed, right? It prevents the people who are just oh, I want to work on a film set to, to actually like. Well, yeah. you got to commit three hours of your life yeah. on a weekend. If like, it's too much for you, yeah. then maybe uh maybe maybe don't try to work in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the course covers basically who's who on set, do's and don'ts, uh, what the job expectation is going to be when you first get there. Um, you can, you know, you'll learn a lot more on set, but this is kind of that bare minimum to get you started. Um, so it's only three hour course. It's, it's happening on January 9th at 6 PM to 9 PM at IATSE local 212, which is, um, near Chinook mall in Calgary. And it's only $40 to take. Yeah. So you can check out more at IATSE212.com or the show notes here. We'll have a link directly to that workshop. We're already at 11 minutes on this. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to power through. All right. Go through. Uh, just we've, them all. we've talked about this as well. Grant oh. writing. Well, no, okay, it's yeah, grant right. writing at the CSF instructed by Jillian McCurcher. Uh, great, great workshop. Uh, if you need to learn more about, um, uh, how to write grants happening, uh, January 13th and, uh, Saturday, January 27th. So two different Saturdays. Um, you can check out the show notes for more information on that. If you're an actor, sometimes you need to learn about taking taxes. So, so actors putting on a talking taxes workshop and the big, the hook, which I'm really interested about is find out if you can deduct Movie tickets, uh-huh. wardrobe, <laughs> hair and makeup a yes. as a professional performer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't know the answer. I've heard you can deduct movie tickets, but we've also heard yeah. conflicting. Yeah. But what if it's like study? I mean, it is it technically, feels, right? It's, it's, I don't know. I, well, yeah. well, you talk can to t- the professionals. T- and you can find yeah. out on January 13th yes. in Calgary and or Edmonton, either. It's happening at the same time in both cities. Uh, what, what is that, a Saturday? Uh, yes. It is a. Uh, it is a Saturday. It is a Saturday. Jillian's is on a Saturday. Of course, yeah. Well. So Saturday, January thirteenth, uh, from one p.m. to three thirty p.m. If you're in Calgary, it's at the CSIF offices. If you're in Edmonton, uh, it doesn't say where it is, but it's somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, you can check out. Uh, you know, you, you can email email abevents at actor.ca. I'm sure you can find where that's happening. And it is free for actor members. And you know what? You will learn something that will save you money. Guaranteed. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Screenwriting 101 happening at the CSIF uh, from January 15th to March 19th, 10-week course every Monday night. Uh, Jason Long is is uh, instructing, and it is the kind of 101. It's the it's the the getting started as a screenwriter course from uh, CSIF. So if that's of interest to you, sign up. Also at the CSIF is the shooting with the Scarlet workshop. You uh, you have to take this workshop if you want to rent the Red Scarlet from the CSIF. Uh, so that is happening on January 20th, a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, instructed by Aaron Bernakovich. It is $120 for members and $160 for non-members. You can find out more at csaf.org. Uh, another screenwriting uh, program happening at Mount Royal, which is cool. It's called Fundamentals of Script Writing. Uh, and it's instructed by Daniel Libman, uh, who has 50 professional credits across North America. Uh, it's a 20-hour course. Um, happening uh, over eight classes from January 22nd to March 19th, uh, and it costs $269 plus tax to uh, to get involved with that. Very cool. Uh, Quick Draw Animation Society in Calgary is hosting two different workshops in January. Uh, they're actually long. They go from January to April. 
Um, so they're both 12-week courses. The first is learning Adobe After Effects every Wednesday night from 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. A 12-week course every Wednesday. Look at this. It's 360 bucks for, for Quick Draw members. Wow, 385 for, for non-members. Classes, that's, that's a pretty um, good deal. It's amazing. If you don't know what After Effects is, it is a, a powerful compositing program that is an essential tool for all modern animators and filmmakers. I completely agree with this. It is a must-know program. Even if you don't uh, want to be an animator, it's good to know, to have a basic um, understanding uh, of After Effects because it's it's pretty powerful. Um, and to know what's what's possible as a filmmaker, um, yeah, you need to know After Effects. I think absolutely, or yeah. at least what it can do. So it is. They're saying it's the glue that holds most animations and films together. I would agree, but it is an intimidating program for sure uh, to open up and have no idea how to start. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it is nearing capacity. Please contact programming at quickdrawanimation.ca. Uh, to inquire about more. They're also having an animation fundamentals workshop, which is Thursday nights from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m., uh, same price. Uh, and it's the introduction to the basics of animation, including an overview of various approaches and styles, animation movement techniques, and a history of animation. Students will also learn the basics of using animation software, creating high-quality files, and proper pre-production techniques. Same email address, programming at quickdrawanimation.ca. Sign up for one of those, because that sounds really fun. Yeah, shooting in the new year is Tin Star Season 2, um, happening in February. Winona Earp Season 3 is going into production in January. And uh, a couple of movies. Uh, pre-production yeah. until January right. 15th. Oh, I see. You're right. Uh, presumably, yeah, maybe maybe. No, no, you're right. I'm wrong I'm, about I'm that. Dumb. But uh, should be going into production in January 15th-ish. Uh, shooting in 2018 as well for features is The Christmas Cupcakes. Uh, which is a Dylan Pierce film. Of course it is. Uh, alumna, alumnus of the podcast, if if the, we can. I don't know why I say that. It's not. You've been on it. I don't know. Great job, Dylan. <laughs> Good job being uh, on the podcast, and True buddy. Fiction in Calgary. I, I don't know about that one. That's news to me. True Fiction. Yeah, we'll have to learn out, uh, more about that. If you're on yeah. True Fiction or making it, <laughs> get yeah, in touch. we'd love, love to chat with you. you. Uh, job call. We've talked about this a little bit, so we'll skip over it pretty quickly, but the, the NFB has a call out for a producer. This is that cool big it's job. It's a wicked, super sweet job. Uh, a salary ranging from about eighty grand to hundred grand a year. Um, you got to have some experience, about ten years, and you have to show that you're, uh, you know, what the hell you're doing. Um, you can check out the show notes for more information there, um, or onf-nfb.gc.ca, and and just kind of click through their menus to find uh, some jobs. Yes, uh, there's a cool opportunity uh, for. Uh, at at the CSIF, um, which is a festival and social media intern, uh, and it's op- the position is open until filled. So you want to get your application in as quickly as possible if you're interested in uh, doing things like supporting and planning the execution of the 26th annual Artifact Small Format Film Festival, which used to be known as the Hundred Dollar Film Festival, one of one of the city's oldest festivals. Period. Uh, so a cool pro- uh, project f- festival to be involved in, um, and. Um, yeah, sounds like a cool job. They need some help uh, with, uh, you know, uh, communications, event planning, arts and cultural studies. Uh, wait, that's uh, that's for the, yeah. That that's a that's not experience. That's not what you'll be doing. But if you have experience, uh, you have experience in arts and cultural that. studies, that's what you're looking for. Uh, and, but they do need someone with event planning experience, writing skills, and social media expertise. So uh, check out csif.org for more information on that. Um, and that sounds like a cool job. It would be a cool job. Yeah, yeah it's it's a. It's a unique festival for sure, mm-hmm. um, and I'm excited to see how it grows um, with the new name and the new. There's a lot of new focus on it, so yeah, yeah, interesting times there for sure. Uh, okay, we'll get to the best of 2017 next week, sure. But for this week, let's, let's, what do you recommend, Matt, for um, the Christmas week? I think if you've got some extra time over the holidays, podcasts are a wonderful thing uh, uh, to do. Thanks for listening to ours, of course. Um, but I, you know, I'm a big fan of, of crime podcasts. 
Um, so I think I've brought it up before, but if you haven't listened to Serial, you've got to listen to Serial. It's amazing. Um, this, oh, yeah. this American Life is fantastic as well. Um, and uh, I also really like the 10 minute podcast with Will Sasso. Ah, uh, it's have nuts. I told you about this? <laughs> you, <laughs> have you, you made it? me listen to oh, it twice. <laughs> it's crazy. When we yeah. were at Banff, we were, dri- yeah. we were staying in Camor and going to the Banff Media <laughs> Festival and driving to, we had like 10 minutes. So you put on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just bananas. It is weird. Yeah, they it's do some weird fun. stuff. It's but, fun. Yeah. Uh, if you can handle that, uh, it's very interesting. Will Sasso's hilarious. So for sure. Um, that is my recommendation in the podcast world. My recommendation is a bit of a, of a, spoiler gift for my family because i'm gifting it to a few people or uh, <laughs> someone um but i uh, i scooped up one of these google home minis right um they were on sale down from 80 bucks to 40 bucks i've um, been holding out for apples yes i kind but of they're not going to make christmas unfortunately yeah i kind of i kind of also was yeah but it's like 40 bucks and it's a whole new product category i will try it yeah for sure um so it's I, i've i've invited i've purchased big brother and put him yes. in my living room yes yeah. um but what actually what's interesting is it does not send anything to the internet unless you've started uh, with Hey Google or OK. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's stop. Hey Google, stop. It's listening as I'm <laughs> talking. Um, so, uh, so that gives you a little bit of privacy, I suppose. Um, but it's, it's fucking incredible. Like it's, it's this introduction to a smart home. It's this little tiny, you know, hockey puck size speaker um, you can just tell it to do stuff and, and it connects to a, an app on your phone, the Google home app. So you can have like shopping lists. So you can be like, Hey Google add uh, milk to my shopping list. Or uh, you can say, and this is, I, I just tested it to see if it worked. You can say, Hey Google play the Alberta filmmakers podcast. And it does. It just set, plays the That's most recent amazing. Episode. That blows my it's mind. It's awesome. If you've got a smart yeah. TV, <laughs> Hey Google, stop <laughs> Google. It, it's really sensitive. <laughs> it, it can hear really well. Yeah. You can like, um, you can play games with it. You can play like oh, ad cool. libs with it. You can just ask it anything that you would ask Google. Um, that's fun. The conversation is very natural. Like mm. I, I find with Siri, you have to like know exactly what you're going to say and you have to say it really quickly. Right. Whereas with Google, um, it's really good at, at, at interpreting what you want. Um, you can hook it up to like smart plugs so you can have it turn your lights off. If you've got a smart yeah, TV with Chromecast, cool. you I can say, um, dear, dear Google, um, <laughs> you know, play Stranger Things on Netflix. It'll turn your TV on and what? start it up. That's amazing. It's awesome. Cool. I'm having cool. a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely recommend picking one it's of those. It's one up. of those things. It's like the watch, right? Like, like, you have to integrate it into your life. You have to actually, but if you do, if you do, you know, get used to it and get in the habit of using it the way it's supposed to be used, it can be amazing. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's a great little speaker too. Like just from a sound oh, yeah? perspective. Yeah. Cool. Like, like I've, I, I've signed up for a Spotify pro uh-huh. and you can connect it and you just say, Hey, Mr. Google, you know, <laughs> play some, you know, chill Christmas music and then it will be, it'll find a playlist and wow. just start. Amazing. And yeah. So that's cool. I'm loving it anyway. Huh? Uh, hey, okay. Google, are you listening to our conversations at all times and sending them to the NSA? It's thinking. No government entity has direct access to... Wow. The speech information, respect for the privacy and security. Of, oh, look at that. Yeah. Well, that makes answer. me feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Google. Okay, Google, stop telling us stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, it's it's a sweet little thing. So, yes. um that's it. That's so all. So have a great Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see you after, after Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to everybody who makes this, uh, this podcast possible. Those people include Briar, uh, Chad and Britt. They'd all do wonderful, wonderful things for the podcast. And we're so thankful for all three of them. Uh, if you're an Alberta filmmaker, you know, all this, this podcast is for you. So let us know if there's anything going on. Yes. Uh, and we will share it. Um, 
so yeah, have a Merry Christmas. And if you are making something over the holidays, yeah, that's fantastic. Good for you. Yeah, cool. But it, it ruins the line now because I've said it already. <laughs> well, but but you know, tag us in it. Use the yeah, ABFilm sure. hashtag. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll retweet it. Or whatever. So um, yeah, thanks everybody uh, for a great year, and we'll see you next year. And go, go make, make something. something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.